Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot today with our first story. I wanted to start with an embarrassing story Mike has about his son getting in trouble for copying a wrestler. Do you remember, Mike? Oh, yeah. Can you tell us what happened? I, you know, started over because I, I, I don't remember in detail. I remember he told said it doesn't matter. That's about it. <laughs> Just started over. <laughs> so, Tim, do you know about you know, this? It was a summertime, and we were fooling around, and he was around the house copying The Rock a lot. He'd say stuff like, "It doesn't matter what your name is," with his little, like, little baby voice, because he was like six. He must have been like six or seven at that time, right, Mike? Yeah. Tim, did I ever tell you how we met? Like, I met his son. Did, do you know about this? I don't think so. Okay, so I come over to Mike's house, and we'd been friends just a little bit. Sometime in the future, I'll tell you about how we first met and we became close. But I went over to his house, and I'm sitting in the basement, and Mike hasn't told me that he's got a son. I don't even know he has a son. I have no idea. (laughs) Sitting in the basement, and I'm sitting on his bed, and Mike's sitting on the sofa. This little kid comes running down the stairs, and he sees me, and out of nowhere, he rushes towards me, and he tackles me, and he starts wrestling with me. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so mike was like whoa dude he he never does that he's always like shy and stuff around my friends and so from that point on like we were the best of buds and so he whenever i would come around he'd always be around me we'd hang out we'd do stuff and you know wrestling was big then so we'd copy like the stuff we'd see on tv so we'd play around wrestle mike defeated him for the title do you know about that no mike that's something you got to remember right you might want to start this whole episode over if this is where you're going <laughs> i'm telling you because I, I I don't I got nothing to tell you I don't know you, get, you told me we're doing Sting and Vader yeah yeah <laughs> you're asking me about shit from 35 years ago it's bad okay. enough the matches that we watch are from 35 years ago I mean, now I gotta remember shit from 35 years ago I'm ready to talk about AEW and tomorrow <laughs> we're keeping all this in <laughs> the reason why I'm getting to all of this is there was like a couple of kids in my school who used to copy the things we used to see on TV from that generation. And it was like a big thing at school. I don't know how you guys were in the States, but we had recess. And during recess, we'd have wrestling matches during the recess. Did you guys have recess? Yeah, but we didn't. We didn't weren't allowed to do anything of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, what do you like? So in Canada, for example, right? We start school at nine o'clock and around 1030. We have recess for 15 minutes. They send us outside and it was like a Royal Rumble or a Battle Royal every single time. Kids are always getting hurt. There's that one kid who's like dressing up as like his favorite wrestler. We had all that kind of stuff going on. What did you guys do in recess? They let us go outside and then they let us come back inside. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. So <laughs> it got to an extreme at our school, right? And so this one kid convinced his mom to <laughs> sew the word thump onto the back of his jeans. <laughs> like it was that popular and kids were coming dressed as like all kinds of stuff to school and so i remember the first time i saw somebody copy vader so this kid there was this fat kid in our school his name was bulliaki and they used to just call him the bully and he's just a big fat kid and his vader copy was he would just stand there and he'd do this ridiculous looking pose and flex with no biceps, just like Vader, and lift up both of his arms, and imagine that he had these huge-ass biceps, and he would intimidate the hell out of everyone. And that's my first impression of, like, being afraid of Vader from Bulyaki. He scared the shit out of me. He used to chase us down and beat us down all the time. 
And so for me, it's almost traumatic when I hear those those songs or those words like, it's time, it's time, it's Vader time. I immediately remember the Bulyaki beatdowns I used to get as a kid. I'm they trying were, to picture oh. this in my head in the, in the Canadian high school courtyard. I think you guys think we're kind and gentle and nice people. But I think about four or five years ago, there was a famous press conference with Trudeau where he basically challenged Trump to a fist fight. Did you see that? He's like, we're nice and we're kind, but if we have to throw yeah. down, we'll throw down, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we, I, we were always throwing down. Fights were like no big deal, but there's a line. We don't shoot each other like you guys do in the States. Yeah, that's our thing. Yeah. That's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, yeah. I have, I have one, I have one intimidation story from wrestling that you reminded uh-huh. me of. So uh-huh. when I went to ECW, right. Um, when I, when I went to when, when they, when Pillman was there, Right. They had uh, they had a Q and A, and the whole time, like like when you see WWE, you like you go and you talk shit to the wrestlers at the live sure. shows, and they don't sure. they don't really interact and stuff. So like the whole way down there, I'm like Taz is half my size. I can't <laughs> wait to talk shit to that guy, right? Right. So so we get so we get to Marriott where they have like this meet and greet type thing, and the guy announcing it. Is like, I'm going to bring Taz out in a minute, you know, and he's going to talk to people. And, and the Sandman walks up and he goes, I, I was supposed to be on. He goes, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And the dude turns around and Sandman canes this dude in the head and, and knocks him on the ground. Like the dude's out. And I'm like, just a fan. What? No, so dude, the dude uh, that the was guy, a, the like the yeah, guy yeah. from ECW that was like announcing right. the fan thing. Like it wasn't <laughs> mad. And right. I go, what the fuck? So Taz comes out, Taz comes out and he's, and I'm like, oh good, I can't wait to razz this guy. And he's like, he's like, I ain't got time for any of you motherfuckers today. Any, who's got fucking questions? And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this guy's legit gonna fight somebody. And nobody said boo. Like he got like two or three questions and he's like, I'm out of here. The uh, first time like, ECW oh. came to the Flickinger arena, I don't know if you remember Sandman. And New Jack were behind the table, uh, the t- t-shirt table, and they were like yeah. signing stuff and stuff. New Jack was <laughs> staring a hole through me. Like he was just dead, like right through me. And I was like, this guy means business. And I was petrified. So my brother goes up to him, buys a shirt, signs it. And then he's like looking right at, like right through me. So he gives my brother the shirt. He goes, Are you buying anything? I go, no, he goes, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember, I remember he was, yeah. New Jack was on an independent show towards the end of his career. And right. the, the guy that booked the independent show group grabbed all the, he was just there. He wasn't wrestling. He yeah. was just meeting some guys he knew. And the promoter came and got all the guys together. Mm-hmm. Nobody go to the ring and say anything about New Jack. He goes, cause that motherfucker will come from the back. And we yeah. don't have a plan for that. So don't be mm. cute. Don't be funny. Don't try to make a name. Like, do not mention that, man. The interaction with the wrestlers was great at ECW. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. It was nice to have them there selling, like, with the t-shirt people and then those tape guys there. And occasionally you get to talk to them and stuff. It was something, like, we never experienced before. But that intimidation, that was the closest I got to, like, being bullwhipped by Stan Hansen. <laughs> or being chased down by Brody, you know, like those are the glory days for fans. Coming back to Vader, I don't think I've ever been as intimidated by anybody as Vader. He was 
for me, petrifying. It was probably because of that trauma. But he looked, even today, 35 years later, he looks incredible. And there was no, there was no, there was no, those power bombs were completely stiff. Like, oh, it's brutal. Like, you thought thought, like somebody's back was going to break. They're not, they're not like the jackknife from Nash where like he just like lightly tosses somebody on the ground. I found out that Vader was a PWI 500 number one for that year. And in WCW's pay-per-views for 93, he was in the main event for the whole year for every single pay-per-view. He was on fire. Yeah, he was on fire that year. And so this is the beginning of that fire. So, but wait, before we get into the match, there's a couple of things. <laughs> what the fuck was this King of Cable tournament? Did you, yeah, did uh, you remember that? I remember the match. Yeah, not I'm, bad at all. Yeah, I remember. It was like, it's a super dumb idea. Yeah. It wasn't branded. It didn't have nothing. Like, I, it was just kind of like out of nowhere. Right? They yeah. had this tournament. And like, at least today, when the NBA does stuff like that, They'll say, like, I don't know, some sponsor, right? Like, Nike's, King of Cable, blah, blah, blah. At least they, like, put some credibility to it. But I was like, where is this coming from? And then as soon as I saw the trophy, my first instinct was, they're going to use it in the match. They didn't Mm -hmm. fucking use it. They didn't even use it. I was like, what the hell? Why wouldn't you use it as a prop or as a gimmick, like, to hurt somebody? They didn't even touch it. So I guess it's it's some random dude saw one Japanese match with a trophy and didn't understand the all japan tournaments and went yeah, yeah, yeah. oh we could have a trophy yeah i could see that so mike i have to ask you about the crowd i know we don't talk about it often and i already can imagine what you're gonna say but what did you think about the southern crowd i think they probably bought into it a little bit more like thought more that it was a little bit more real i remember yeah. watching like memphis or wccw mm. and the those WCCW crowds, it was like 80% women. It was mm-hmm. all the women cheering for the Von Eric boys. That was all it was, right? Yeah, they'd be crazy. There'd always be that one old lady in the front with her cane. <laughs> uh, Jim, what did you think about Harley Race before his time with Vader and actually during his time with Vader as well? I thought the reason for having Harley Race there was to pull in older fans. Like, they already had me and you and Mike and people our age. Right, so I right. think that was clearly just to bridge the gap of the old school people that saw Harley race during the territory times when he was just reigning supreme and kicking everybody's ass. I think he's good to be there, but like growing up in the Northeast where it was all WF at the time, I mean, we saw AWA and stuff, but we, I missed all the Harley race stuff. Like I knew, I knew what dusty beat him, but like, Mm -hmm. I didn't see that match until much later. So right. to, for, for me, it didn't do anything personally. I've seen it throughout the ages of of all the leagues where they bring in somebody. Like when they even when they brought Rick Rude in mm-hmm. to like find opponents for Shane. Like you bring right. in these faces that people know to try to draw other fans in. Mike, what were your thoughts about Harley? Harley, as a worker, I think was one of the best workers in, in maybe ever. I think he was great. He was a badass. And mm-hmm. He was cool. I liked Harley a lot. I, I thought he was great, too. But when you put him next to Vader, like his aura of being like this badass, whatever, invincible kind of champion totally disappeared. Like he's an old man by that time. And Vader's yeah, so yeah. enormous. I thought it hurt him in the long run. Like when new fans came across him, they'd be like, this guy? Like, you know, like right. I, I thought it made him look bad. And then there was another thing, Mike. What about the ref? I, I don't know if you even noticed but this fucking ref, Nick Patrick. I've yeah. always hated this motherfucker from the beginning. His three count <laughs> is the worst three count in the history of wrestling. Totally kills the pace. There's no excitement. I don't know why he does that stumble kind of 
half ass middle block count. Do you know what he does with his hand? You know how he does yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Nick Patrick? Yeah. Some people like him. Not really. I, I didn't really. I never really cared for him. I always thought the WWF referees were way better. Yeah, I agree. I think. I think with Nick Patrick, they're trying to like. Like sometimes he fast counts. Sometimes he like he doesn't have consistency. Like mm. he doesn't have consistency with his like like that count is so fast at the end of that match. Like yeah. why is that? Like why is that count so fast? Like yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense from a story perspective. And also, like physically, he's big. Like when he stood next to Sting and Vader, yeah. he's so tall. It makes them look like just average sized people, right? So I was like, I was always under the opinion like the athletes should look enormous compared to the ref. And so having oh, yeah. such a tall, big, like he must have been a worker at one point, right? He was so massive that I thought it was kind of silly to have him in the ring there. I imagine now with, with the guys being a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah. There's no place for a ref like that. No way. No, 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 no way. Before we get into the match itself, this is 92. So we just watched the Rumble from a week ago, which is in the same year, January of the same year. This is December of that same year. What are your thoughts on the production value when you see the production back now? You compare the Rumble and what WCW was running at the, basically the same time. Not the, the storytelling of the matches, but just the production. What did you think about how WCW looked at this time, Mike? Pretty traditional, like mo- most mostly how it looked always. I think didn't have the glitz and glamour of the WWF. And Jim? Yeah, it's very it's very local seeming. Like, yeah. like it doesn't seem like a big like a big deal. Like it just seems like, oh, there's wrestling on TV. Right. Like, mm. like when you watch the Rumble, there's a right. there's a whole pomp and circumstance to it of the people coming out and how it's produced and, and dual cameras and, right. and there's there is none of that. The weirdest thing is when they come out from behind the curtain, it's not a curtain. It's like these silver strips of like shiny glitter. I thought it was really weird looking. The ramp was cool, but I'm partial to the ramp because of Maple Leaf Wrestling. But other than that, I was like, this looks really low budget, really low budget. Yeah, it looks very dated. Agreed. talking about as you can tell from the episode title sting invader from starcade 92 and uh, the last thing before we get into the match is the commentary we talked about the commentary last week about how monsoon and heenan were on fire what did you think about jesse and jim ross like it didn't add anything to the match whatsoever like i could i could have watched it muted and got the same experience yeah and i've I've liked both of them but, but yeah not together yeah, I agree. Uh, Jim Ross, they show them on screen. Jim Ross is wearing a tuxedo. Jesse looks like he's homeless. Like, what kind of combination <laughs> is this? Like, it's totally ridiculous, right? But Jesse had a couple of good lines. And I mentioned to you the thing of Vader biceps earlier. So I wrote it down. He said, not a lot of definition, but plenty of mass. <laughs> I was just dying. <laughs> Uh, that's great. That was a great line. That was a great line. Yeah, but uh, Jim Ross was working his ass off trying to get the match over. He was sweating like a pig with that commentary but they just didn't gel i didn't think they went well together and at he all. was trying too hard like he wasn't yeah, he was trying way too hard yeah like it, it didn't feel it, it felt like he was trying to like oh no you people should love this match you guys need to be into this match and i'm like don't tell me what to do mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get into the match this week the match is a final of a tournament i don't know 
if you even realized that there was a tournament behind this thing. So on this show, this Starcade show, <laughs> for some reason, they had guys wrestle three or four times throughout the show. Like Muda wrestled three different matches on this show. So they weren't starved for not having talent. I just don't know why they did that. But this tournament final, each of these guys had worked multiple matches already. Was it a one-night tourney? No, they had the tournament across multiple nights. But on that show, they had other matches that they had to work that were not part of the tournament. It makes it even weirder. (laughs) Right. It was totally ridiculous. But on this thing, they had like an elimination tournament. It was called the Lethal Lottery. So you... You have a like a randomly picked partner, then okay. you randomly pick partner, and you go into a match. Then the winning guys go into another match. So actually, Vader wrestled twice, Muta wrestled three times, eh, who else? Sting wrestled twice, Barry Windham wrestled twice. Some lots of guys actually wrestled three times, and so this was the pre the Sting Vader match was just before the final main event, which was the Battle Bowl, which was the result of the Lethal, lethal Lottery. And so, like, it was just chaotic. Like, what am I watching? How many times am I seeing the same guys come out? So I think the crowd was probably confused about what was going on here. This The whole pay-per-view was just a mess, a total mess. We had in the first round, we had Vader and Tony Atlas. I didn't even remember Tony Atlas was in WCW. Did you remember that? No, not really. Yeah, I was like, where did he come from? Then the second one was Dustin Rhodes and the Barbarian. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, we had Rick Rude and Barry Windham and oh, Sting and awesome. Pillman. Yeah, that was good. In the second round, we get Vader over Tony Atlas, Dustin Rhodes over the Barbarian, Rick Rude over Barry Windham, and Sting over Pillman. And then Vader goes over real uh, Dustin Rhodes. So Sting and Vader meet in the finals, which is on this pay-per-view, but after their lethal lottery matches, which already had happened earlier in the evening. That's why Sting's paint is all messed up and stuff. Wow. It was, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. You but have, it, you have, you have yeah. enough guys in the league to not <laughs> include the guys that are in big matches. Like it's yeah. not yeah. like you have, it's not like you have twelve guys in your league. And then you, you have like lose them from the tournament, or they lose in the first round, which I guess would make even less sense. So you just don't put them in the tournament. Right. Right. And then you have other guys who you have only working one match and not involved in the tournament and not involved in anything, like. Tono's here, Ron Simmons is here, uh, Steamboat's here. Like, you don't use these guys. And they make other guys wrestle three times. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just a joke. We get into the match. They make their way down the aisle. Any thoughts about how Sting and Vader look at this time, Mike? No, I think they both look great. That was my favorite version of Sting. I, I was big into the Crow. You didn't like the Crow stuff from the sky? No. I, I thought that was good. I thought it was good, I, yeah. I, I really didn't like them back then at all. I like him probably more now. He was the guy that was going for Flair Strap, so. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Vader, yeah. I, love, I love Vader. Vader's probably my, my number one big guy. Jim, what do you think? Yeah, I, I love Vader. I love, I, I wish he, I wish he always did the helmet entrance that he did from New oh, Japan yeah. where he wore that headpiece. Mm-hmm. Cause that thing's amazing. But like, yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah, like you, you get, and because it's the South and they're so right. invested, you get the heel, the heel heat and the face cheers like you're supposed to. Like the yes. more naive and the more simplistic the crowd is, the more they're vested. And that makes wrestling way more fun. Oh, yeah. It's, I love, I love seeing the crowds where they believe, you know, the heel is the heel and the face is the face. And so I thought this was a good crowd for this type of match where there's a bully 
beating up on like the American hero kind of character, and then the heroes trying to fight back and win from underneath. I thought it was perfect for that kind of crowd. Agreed. And Vader's physique. I don't know if you call that a physique, <laughs> but it was impressive. He might have been a legit 450, right? They were saying he was 450, but I think he might have been around there. It's hard to argue looking at him. Dick wasn't a small guy. and he, he Like, Vader just dwarfed him. I sent Mike a picture, Jim, probably about a month ago. Mike, you remember the picture of Vader and Andre? Oh, yeah. My, Jim, you ever seen Vader and Andre outside of the ring hanging out together? No. Vader looks like a baby in front of Andre. <laughs> he looks like a child, I swear to God. It's incredible. I'd never appreciated how big Andre was. He was a full body size bigger than Vader. That's it was crazy. incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. I've seen, crazy. I've seen him live, but I guess to see him versus Vader would really put it in more to perspective because when I saw Andre, I was young. Like, uh, right. I, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I saw him at WrestleMania, but I, my seats were super far away. Like when I saw him up close, I was really young. So it, it would have, I'll definitely have to look up that photo. I imagine when he was, when you were young, he was still in kind of good shape. Like he wasn't that out of shape kind of like, I don't know, Humpty Dumpty he wasn't, shape. Yeah he, was, yeah, he wasn't lumbering like that. Hmm. That lumbering size was probably when he was at his biggest and probably most physically impressive to look at, right? Even though he mm-hmm. couldn't move. Right. So in the other day, thing that Jim, you were probably at least six three anyway, so he probably didn't look that big in comparison yeah. to yourself. Yeah, compared to you, right? Guys must not look big. To me and Mike, guys look huge. We'll go to a show, we'll see Tracy Smothers, and we're like, that guy's pretty big. But for you, you're looking down at Tracy Smothers, you know what I mean? Like it's no big deal. <laughs> I'll have to show you guys if I can find it. There's a there's a picture that like all my friends moms when i was in kindergarten there's a we did rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and yeah. everybody's the same height and i'm a whole head higher than everybody else in the row so i look like i've failed like three years in a row and, and like people to this day still bust my stones about it i guess the kurgan reference is dated today but <laughs> the, the people from our generation who watched they must immediately think about kurgan when they see you no oh, the i would think the so. Olympian, the swimmer. Oh, oh, Michael Phelps, yeah. Michael Phelps, yeah. Th- that's a way more handsome representation of Jim than Kurgan, that's for sure. Did I ever tell you guys I actually got mistaken for him once? I'm for surprised. Michael Phelps. So, so this is not going to surprise you that we were going down south, uh-huh. and I was, we were going to Disney, and we stopped at some, like a 7-Eleven, whatever it was called, and like I hear these people whispering behind me in another aisle, and I, 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 you know, and I can see over the aisle. So I look over the top of the aisle and they look at me and they go, you're Michael Phelps. And I go, I most certainly am not. <laughs> and they go, they go, no, no, you're Michael Phelps. And I'm like, no, no, really. I'm just, I'm with my family. I'm, I'm just going down to Disney. And they're like, can we get a picture? And I was like, I did. I did because they were just, they were relentless. Somewhere, somebody's out there with a picture that's not Michael Phelps. That tells, that tells everybody that Michael Phelps is six foot eight and slightly out of shape. And they yeah. met him. I had a similar experience when I was in high school. Some Latin woman who barely spoke any English came up to me and she starts doing these chops like in midair. Macho. Yes. <laughs> she thought I was Ralph Macho. She thought I was a karate kid. <laughs> yes. Holy That's shit, amazing. I can see it. She wouldn't let me go. She was like, come on, please, please, sign, 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 sign. And I was like, what do you, I couldn't get what she was talking about. Some, some friend of mine was with me and he's like, started talking to her in Spanish and she was like, she thinks you're the karate kid. 
<laughs> my hair, to be honest, my hair looked like him at that age, and he was kind of young looking, so I can imagine why at that age she would have thought I was him, but, but that was pretty embarrassing. That's so I, I feel your pain, yeah. I think being mistaken for a gold medalist swimmer is not as bad as for a fake karate fighter. Okay, okay. So getting back to the match, there's a couple of things I'm surprised about here. I think there are like lots of big men in wrestling who are bigger than Vader, right? There's lots of guys like Big Show, Andre, even maybe Kamala, a couple of guys bigger than him. There's a couple of guys more agile than him, but nobody was a complete package like Vader until this time. And I don't think we've ever seen anybody quite like him. What do you think about him as a big man? I think he's the best big man ever because he just, like, he didn't do a lot of the agile stuff, but he right. did just enough where you're like, oh, like, yeah. you don't expect him to come off the top. You don't expect, like, some of the things he does, and he doesn't do it all the time. Right. But he did it enough where you knew he could do those things, and he sold he sold that to you to believe it as all the time that that was a possibility. Like, now, like, when you watch wrestling, a lot of people have to hit all their beats. It right, wasn't right. like that. Back, That's right, back. right. At that time, can, it wasn't. You like can that, just right. do something once in a while, and and make people know that you gives you credibility just because you did it once or twice. Mike, was there ever a big guy you thought that was better than Vader, or no. do you agree with Jim? No, I, he's, I think he's the best. I know a lot of people probably say Taker, and I don't even really think he's a, like a big yeah. guy in, in that kind of way. But I, I think he's definitely the best. I like Bam Bam. But, oh yeah, uh, Bam Bam was great Bam too. Bam was right. Great. Yeah. I think Vader, like I think you're right about that total fit. I, I don't know if it was because you, you picture like Bam Bam doing the cartwheels and stuff, and you don't see him as just a straight up big guy. But like right. Vader was just scary, mean, tough. Like you knew that guy could kick your ass. I saw what I was impressed really about about this match in particular was I wrote down every big bump Vader took. He took a belly to back, a clothesline over the top, a superplex from the top rope. He took a bump off the second rope, like a jumping bump off the second, took a fallaway slam, and then for the finish was a slam off the top as a 450-pound man in one match. Right. Jeez, this guy's willing to work. Like, he was willing to do anything to get this match over. That's impressive. I don't think there's another big man who'd do that much to sell the offense of, like, think about Hogan or other guys. They don't take bumps like Vader took. None of them. None of the guys on top at that time. Sid didn't even even take bumps like that. Yeah, he'd also been through Japan by that point, too, so it's probably tame. His Japan matches are probably where he got the work ethic for, like, learning how to, like, sell and make something believable. Because his matches look like a real fight. I think if you put a person who thinks wrestling's fake and you make them sit down, you make them watch a Vader match, they'll have real moments where they're afraid for the face that they're getting hurt, that they're really being hurt. Like, it's that believable. Those little punches that he does to the jaw. And stuff, that stuff looks brutal. You never saw him as uh, Leon White, right? Baby Bull? No. Oh, that's yeah. our AWA stuff again, yeah. What How was difference? he? You wouldn't even think it was the same guy. Really? He's so different. What was his character like? Was Is it nothing like this? Like, what did he do? No, he was just a baby bull. Like, that was just, and he was just like a dude in just, like, trunks. Like, he didn't have anything going on. No. So just the same haircut, right? Like the bull, the ram haircut? No. Did he have Not that? even that? I don't think he even had that. I don't think so either. So wait, so he came out of football and he was much smaller than now. Like all this weight that he put on was for the Vader character. It wasn't, he didn't come out like that? 
He no, he was much he was much smaller. Not yeah. not much smaller, but he was smaller yeah. for sure. And he was on the bottom of the card? Yeah, he was nothing like mm-hmm. he didn't really do anything. Like he was just on TV. Like he'd win and stuff, but he wasn't he wasn't somebody where you go, Wow, that guy. He was I, above Jake Milliman, but you know, less than like a Colonel De Beers. Wow. <laughs> he was that at, low. He was at Buck wow. he was at Buck Zoomoff level. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so when he went to Japan, that's where they made him, and he came back. That's where they gave him that character, right? That big Van Vader character. And what a risky, what a risky move that is when they just decide to make him beat Anoki in a yeah. squash. Like, yeah. that, that place must have wanted to riot. It was like two, two and a half minutes, right, Jim? It was really short. Yeah, two, it's a complete minutes, yeah. squash. Yeah, he just destroys him. Totally wow. runs through him. And this is Anoki in his prime. I don't think he's been beat for like 10 years at that point. He just squashes him out of nowhere. The feeling and the atmosphere in the crowd is just elect- like they're in shock. When he pins him, people can't believe what just happened. And then you can tell, oh, even though it's Japan, shit's about to go down. Like it's like yeah, that, right that intense. Yeah, that's what turned him into this huge international superstar. And I think he might be the only guy at that time. Oh, but he didn't win the WWE title, right? He won the WCW no, no. title. The I, yeah, he never won the WWE title. Uh, that's a shame. He should have been the guy who did it all, right? But it was cartoon time at that yeah. time. Like it was right, the in-your-house right. pay-per-views and stuff. And just yeah. the start of John Michaels and stuff. So there was no way that they were going to do that. That's a shame. I think he could have been. I, I would have loved to have seen him like late Vader in ECW. I, I thought that was a missed opportunity. They brought in Sid. They brought oh, in a yeah. whole bunch of guys, right? Like they brought in Jake. They even brought in Razor. Most people don't know, but they brought in Razor for a little bit. Like they could have had Vader. So why he would have been a perfect fit for that environment, you had, right? You could have had him versus Awesome or Tanaka. Those oh, would have been great. So oh, it would have been fantastic. I would have driven across the country to see him in ECW. That would have been awesome. Yeah, but okay. So let's get to the match finally. So we start off this match and Sting's typical babyface and. For the first five, ten minutes, Vader's just manhandling him. And he's manhandling him like you manhandle a little baby brother, which I have experience with. You hold him by the face. You slap him up a little bit. You know, you tease him. And then you just demean him. You don't actually beat him. You just demean him in front of the crowd. Like that psychological play was fantastic, right? For those people who believed it, I thought the crowd was like just dying for Sting to make that comeback. And I think it shows how well Vader understood the character. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's something that's lost now too because you can't you can't get people to buy in like that. Like they like the only match recently I can think of that does stuff like that is when Lesnar fought Daniel Bryan and right. they had Lesnar like rack him. But they made they made Lesnar waste his time and that's how Bryan did a comeback. Right. So maybe not not even that match. Like Sting legitimately gets a comeback. It's not because vader's being arrogant or vader's not paying attention right i i think you know you mentioned lesnar i think he's the closest thing we have to a modern day vader right that's about it and he's pretty close yeah. yeah he's he's just he's just not the size of vader like he's not that it, he's intimidating looking but he no, brings no a different feel to his matches uh, a lot of his you don't know what the hell's gonna happen he, you know ever since the the undertaker thing after that it got a little crazy you didn't know what was gonna happen like the orton randy orton the mm. cena how he Gave Cena the 35 suplexes and put him. It, his matches have like a different, I guess, a different feel to him. Is, is right. Matches. 
Yeah, when you watch a Vader match, you know he's going to squash the hell out of somebody, and then either the guy's going to make a comeback or it's just going to be over, right? Like, that's a Vader yeah. match. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but every time, it looks brutal, right? And you're just waiting to see how far well, Vader's going to take you know, it. You don't know what the hell's going to happen when he's in there. Yeah, about halfway through the match, and then Vader takes the spot on the outside, and then Vader is set up for a spot with Harley Race, where Sting comes over the top and does the double splash to the outside. Pretty weak looking. But Vader was really good at selling. I was surprised he sold it so well. He made it look like it was a big deal. He's busted up on the outside, just moves out of the way of the stinger splash on the rail, and they're going back and forth. And this is, for that era, it's a pretty good brawl. And Sting's holding his own. Like, I think it's going at least midway through the match. You're not really sure which way it's going. And it shows Vader really respects Sting's work. And Sting's athleticism is outstanding. Right, he's not just a good-looking babyface, but his ability in the ring and actually his strength and how he can slam Vader and throw him around a little bit for the belly to back and stuff—quite impressive. I, I I'd never seen anybody do that to Vader at that time. What yeah, do you think a about combination of speed and strength? I don't think there was anybody else who could have worked Vader right at that time. Maybe Ron Simmons, but he's not well, speedy Ron enough. Ron Simmons right? isn't up there. Yeah, he's not, and he's not up on the card at that point. I don't think. Yeah, I thought after Vader and Sting. You're not really left with much options, and that's why they did a number of matches together. Like, they did a strap match later, and they did, uh, like, a no-DQ match, and they did this match and that match. But I thought they complemented each other really well. Really, Wyndham really, really well. Good. Yeah, Wyndham was probably strong enough and big enough. They had the right he, he size. Was big and he was good against everybody. He was, he was really good overall, I think. I don't know where he was in the card at that point, though. Ah, uh, right. This is, like, post-WWF, right, where he's coming off of that tag team with uh not irs but uh rotunda right rotunda and windham yeah. had broken up and he's back at wcw right yeah 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 this, there's some options but they stick with vader and sting and i i understand why i think it's a, a great great match what did you think of the match overall mike did you uh Meltzer really gave yeah. it stars a four and a quarter stars and i think that's about right or it's close to five stars for that era yeah yeah for sure jim what do yeah. you think i i guess for the era like i've watched i've watched so many matches and i just I'm like, oh, like, but like when the spots, when the unnecessary spots are sloppy, and yeah. like, I, 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 but I guess you have to view it in the in the time it was done, and I think mm-hmm. it's important. Like, I'm I'm no huge fan of Meltzer, but I I understand that it gives me a good perspective of what other matches were going on at the time and what wrestling looked like, right? And it and and like they were telling stories, like. Yeah. It, it, and like they, that, that's a, that's somewhat of a lost art now. I mean, the AEW's bringing it back a lot, but mostly, right. mostly it's like a match and you're done. A match and you're done. Like, yeah, like not like nowadays they would just switch Sting and Vader out for somebody else, and they wouldn't that's have right. stuck yeah. with it for three or four or five or whatever pay per views that they did. But like, if it's selling and the fans are down, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just give them what they want? You know, I miss that, to be honest with you. I miss, like, the first match goes to some kind of schmoz finish, and then they increase the ante by having, like, a lumberjack match, and then there's, like, you know, after that, there's a cage match or something. So you build and build and build, and then there's finally the blow-off at the end, and one guy goes over, and now he goes on to another feud. So, like, we have this build-up, build-up. You can't do it all the time, but there's gotta, it's got to happen sometimes, right? It just doesn't happen anymore. So, I, like, one match to the next match to the next match, I, I just don't have any – I'm not vested and seeing somebody win or go over. And so I like that they did this like a couple of times to have a definitive guy 
go over. It's a lot of 50-50 in uh, WWE right now. Like last, yesterday during the football game, they showed an ad for SmackDown. Right. It was promoting uh, Naka, Shinsuke versus uh, uh, Apollo Crews. I think it's probably like the 15th week in a row these guys have wrestled. But nobody's invested in it. Nobody right. cares, though. They just keep pushing the same crap down your throat. So, But I think when we watched it like when in the early 80s, right, we didn't really care so much about like the matches being repeated. But we had a feeling like this guy's better or this guy's winning and he's moving up the card. This guy's moving down the card. It seems like. Everybody's just kind of floating around in the middle today, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that's problematic, right? You're never going to build a loyal fan base unless you have somebody to love and somebody to hate. And I think they did a good job here, actually, considering that this is like Southern wrestling. <laughs> I still right. think they did a great job. With everybody hated Vader. I don't think you have anybody in the crowd cheering for Vader to win. Like he's a, the epitome of heel here. Right. Maybe not everybody's cheering for Sting, but nobody's cheering for Vader. And that's good. I, I like the simplicity of the storytelling here. So the this or that for this week is WCW. Or NWA, Mike. NWA by far. I grew up with NWA, so so for me that's that's an easy one. Every every uh, Saturday at six oh five, I was in front of my television waiting to see Gordon Soley and yeah, see, see, you know Dusty and Flair and Harley and, and you know that that for me is way better than WCW. I think WCW was just like more cartoony, wanna be WWE crap, and NWA was like that was wrestling. Jim, what about you? WCW or NWA? Um, it's NWA because it gave me something different. Like, oh. despite, despite it was still squash matches for the most yeah. part, except for, except for when they had the TV title on, it was mostly a squash match. Yeah, it it's, was. It just felt completely different because, like, the wrestler, the thing I loved the most was the wrestlers would come out of the ring and they'd go right to Shivani. Like, they'd go right yeah. and they'd just cut a promo, yeah. like, right away after the match. And, and like whether it was at ringside or at the podium or whatever. And I thought that was right. really cool. I thought that was something. And then like somebody could interfere or somebody could break it up. But like you had it right there. It wasn't like this is a clip and this is a vignette and this is a clip and this is a match. Like it felt more authentic. So yeah. coming from. Yeah, yep. I could I can e easily imagine like that studio atmosphere that they had. The the current NWA is trying to bring that back now, right? Like, yeah, with it's that, exactly. Uh, they're trying to do the exact same thing. It looks great. It really does. Oh. It has a cool presentation. Masters is awful. Like the world champion's Trevor Murdoch right now. I like Trevor Murdoch, mm -hmm. but for Christ's sake, he's not a world champion. And then they got Brodus Clay is, is mm -hmm. like the, top, the, the, the national champion. He's awful. Who's that? What was Brodus Clay? I don't even remember who that is. Oh, what you can look it up. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, he, Funkasaurus. I right, didn't they have Aldis on top for a long time? Yeah, they just yeah, recently just had him lose. Uh, he just lost it. They can't keep anybody. You know, like they've, they've had a few guys that were like Ricky Starks was good. They've lost a lot of their guys. They didn't have much to begin with, but outside of the women, you know, they have a, like, I think the women roster is probably going to carry the company because the guys suck. Yeah, for me, unfortunately, I didn't have much access to NWA, right? I had some of it through Maple Leaf Wrestling before suddenly that just switched over to WWF and everything disappeared all of a sudden one day. And so I don't have much memory of what the programming was like. And then, Seeing it through the magazines, my imagination was much bigger than the reality of what it actually probably was. 
So I yeah. have this beautiful imagination of, you know, Steamboat and Flair having five star matches all over the country and stuff like that. So I don't know what the reality of the NWA was, but I have this imagination. It's a little bit grimy looking. The arenas are full of smoke and it's like just hard nose, probably like 80 style of ECW wrestling. Like that's what I have in my mind. The reality that I know is what WCW was. And even though WCW was the shits for a long time, I have to say I liked the NWO stuff. I really liked the way it brought wrestling into the mainstream because it made me feel not stupid for liking wrestling as a person who's got an academic background, right? Like people would always <laughs> say to me, like, you like wrestling? What the fuck is wrong with you? Right? I, I did a master's in economics, so I'm in university and I, I'd be talking to my friends. What are you doing this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to watch a wrestling match. I'm going to Buffalo to my friend's house to watch these Japanese wrestling tapes. <laughs> but like NWO stopped all that. Like they made it cool. Kids would come to school wearing NWO shirts. And so when I'd mentioned that, nobody would look at me like I was mental. And that was kind of refreshing for me. So I'm thankful to WCW for changing that impression of what a wrestling fan was. And so for me, WCW all the way. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. What?